Welcome to your High Vibration Life podcast with Robin Openshaw, also known online as the Green Smoothie Girl. When you're living your high vibration life, you're healthier in every way. You're more productive, creative, peaceful, and loving. Your high vibration life is calling. And now your host, Robin Openshaw. Hi, friends, and welcome back to Your High Vibration Life. I'm your host, Robin Openshaw, and I'm really excited about today's interview. We are talking to Dr. Bradley Nelson, who is a holistic chiropractor, but he's also a medical intuitive, which is something I've been curious about for a very long time and have read the books of Carolyn Mace, who is a PhD and the world's leading medical intuitive. Brad Nelson is not only a medical intuitive, he's also one of the world's foremost experts in the emerging fields of bioenergetic medicine and energy psychology. His best-selling book, The Emotion Code, helps people find freedom from emotional problems like depression and anxiety, as well as physical problems, including fatigue and pain and disease related to stuck energies. A key element of the emotion code is removing emotional energies that have clustered around the heart, interfering with one's ability to find love and success. Dr. Nelson has coined this cluster of emotions, the heart wall, and it's been called the most important discovery in the history of energy medicine. He's trained thousands of practitioners worldwide to help people overcome unresolved anger, depression, anxiety, loneliness, and other negative emotions and the physical symptoms associated with them. So welcome, Dr. Brad Nelson, to the Your High Vibration Life Show. Well, thank you, Robin. It's great to be here. Well, I want to share a little story with you. I chose not to tell you this story before we got started because I just want your authentic reaction to it. But I know that you say that emotions are the underlying cause of most physical and psychological disease. And that's pretty interesting to me as a former therapist and as someone who writes nutrition and wellness books. But I want to tell you how I came across your work. A Green Smoothie Girl reader many years ago gave me your book and I was flipping through it. And are you from Utah? Aren't you from Southern Utah? I live in Southern Utah now. I'm originally from Montana. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, that stuck in my head that you're from St. George. So we're about four hours apart here in the same state, very different parts of the state. But I was in Switzerland about a year and a half ago and I told one of our employees and who's become a dear friend of mine, Sue, who is trained in your modalities, I told her that I, this is very strange, I know, but that I hadn't cried in six years and that I miss crying and that crying was an important part of who I was my whole life. And I felt like I cried probably as much as anybody does, not probably not more, probably not less, but I said, my crier is broken. And she said, I need to do a little work on you. And so she went somewhere else. She was literally in her room at this clinic in biological medicine in Switzerland that I take my readers to every year. And she did some stuff. And I will tell you what, Dr. Nelson, I have been crying ever since. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about that because she went and she did some, some energetic testing and she went to some historical issues in my past or maybe even ancestral issues. And I wouldn't even be begin to be able to explain it. And she wasn't even in my presence, 
but she wanted to talk to me later about the processing that she had done. And I wasn't looking to cry, but I just noticed, you know, in the weeks and months, and now it's been well over a year that now when someone tells me something that's devastatingly sad, instead of feeling sad, but it's not coming out of my eyes, it's not like coming out on my face. Now it comes out. And I want that because I want people close to me when I'm sitting with them in a dark hour, I want them to know that I feel they're that I'm, I'm carrying it with them. So why, why did I not cry for six years? And why do you think that emotions are at the root of illness? Well, it has to do really with the fact that uh, we are ultimately beings of pure energy. I mean, if you look at your hand, that hand looks pretty solid. But if you were to magnify it uh, a million times, you'd be looking at uh, an atom maybe that's making up the hand. And if you, look, if you were to look inside that atom, you'd see there's really nothing in there but empty space and some little infinitesimally tiny energies that are zipping around at the speed of light, but yet that's really still your hand. And that's really what we are. We're beings of pure energy. And when we are feeling an intense emotion, what's going on on a quantum level is that we are feeling a certain specific frequency, a certain vibration, because really everything in the universe is energy. It's all frequency. It's all vibration. And so an emotion of anger, for example, is a different frequency than an emotion of grief. And every emotion is different. But when you're feeling an emotion powerfully enough, the energy of that emotion somehow in some way that we don't really totally understand yet can become trapped in the body. And when we talk about people having emotional baggage, and of course, as you know, Robin, we usually are talking about somebody else, not us, right? Oh, that, that guy's got a lot of emotional baggage, right? <laughs> but what we're saying is something that has a profound truth behind it. And that is that uh, everybody on this earth is living a life that is affected and in many ways controlled and largely diminished by the emotional baggage that they're carrying. We all have emotional baggage. We all have trapped emotions. We have all experienced intense negative emotions uh, at one time or another in our lives, and they affect us. And so, uh, for example, there was a um, uh, many years ago when I was first figuring this stuff out, there was a woman who came to me who thought she was having a heart attack. And she had crushing chest pain, difficulty breathing. Her left arm was completely numb. Left side of her face was numb. And boy, it sure looked like a heart attack to me. I told my staff, this looks like a heart attack. You know, stand by, we might need an ambulance, but let me do some testing. So I did some checking with her and I found that she had a trapped emotion of grief that uh, had occurred three years before. And when I discovered that, she burst into tears and she said, I can't believe that's affecting me. I thought I dealt with all that. And I said, well, what happened to you? She said that three years before, her husband had an affair and she found out about it and confronted him and the whole thing blew up. And this guy that she was so deeply in love with that uh, she thought she'd be married to forever uh, ended up becoming her ex-husband. And uh, it was devastating for her. And she cried buckets of tears and grieved for a long time. And she spent a year in therapy dealing with it all, trying to put her life back together. And She'd even gotten recently remarried, but her physical body was still holding the, uh, her energy body was still holding on to this grief 
Uh, and uh, so when I released that emotion, that trapped emotion, that emotional baggage of grief, the feeling came back into her arm and into her face within a, about three seconds, whoosh. And the chest pain, the difficulty breathing, it was all gone. And she left the office about 10 minutes later feeling totally fine. And after she left, I remember sitting down at my desk and my mind was just reeling. I was thinking, how in the world did that happen? What did I just witness here? What what the heck was that? And what we now know, of course, is that uh, people die of a broken heart, not unusual. And um, even the medical profession talks about that now. And it's not just uh, the heart that our trapped emotions affect, but they affect us in many, many ways. So if you understand that the body, that we are beings of pure energy, and you understand that we all have emotional baggage, what that baggage is doing is it's it's pushing us in directions that we would rather not go. And it affects us physically because when you have a trapped emotion, what, what that is, it's literally a ball of emotional energy from about the size of a baseball to about the size of a melon that uh, is lodged somewhere in the body. And the reason why these things affect us physically is because that emotional baggage, that trapped emotional energy of anger or resentment or whatever it might be, exerts a distorting force on the energy field, on the normal energy field of the body. And when you distort the energy field of the body, ultimately you're distorting the energy flow through the meridians in that area, you're interfering with the chemical reactions in those tissues, on and on. And that's why we have found that 90% of all the physical pain that people have is actually due to their emotional baggage. And if you just find the baggage and remove it, the physical pain improves and goes away nine times out of 10. The other thing that these trapped emotions do is they affect us mentally and emotionally because you see, because an emotion, in a way, is literally a vibration, a certain frequency, if a situation arises in your life where, for example, you might tend to become depressed, if you have a trapped emotion of that uh, particular frequency of depression in your body already, you'll slide right into that feeling much more readily, much more easily than you otherwise would have because literally part of your body is feeling that particular frequency 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's a very strange kind of a thing, but you have to understand that, you know, we're living now in the 21st century and it's been over a hundred years now that uh, physicists like Albert Einstein have been trying to beat this into our heads, that the body is an energy field, that our lives are all about frequency and vibration. And this really truly is the future of, uh, of healing is to look at the body for what it really truly is instead of being bound by the old Newtonian physics models and so on. So, Well, this is very on point with my book, Vibe, about to release on October 31st and what I've been explaining to my readers through the whole first year of our launch of this podcast. I don't know that any guest here has has been quite so on point with what we teach. And I'm, I think we're going to go to some really cool deep places here. I want to ask you about being a medical intuitive, but let's, I want to, I want to back up to what you discovered all these realities about the energy body and about how we aren't just, you know, atoms and molecules and, and DNA strands and physical, you know, physical particles. I mean, there are atoms. It's not that those things aren't accurate, but right. like you, like you said, you get up close to it and you see that that atom might be sharing electrons with other beings. And this, you know, this just, this opens up potentialities that, 
that we haven't discussed. We haven't discussed in medicine. We haven't discussed in psychotherapy. We haven't discussed when it comes to whether people are healthy and whether they're happy. What was your life leading up to the point of these discoveries and then making it your life's work to train practitioners and other people in how to how to help people release these energetic blockages? Because my theory is I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Mm-hmm. I've been the last year I've been working on some some content about the highly sensitive people. Dr. Elaine Aaron discovered that it's like up to twenty percent of the population are highly sensitive people. And we could we could go sideways and talk about what that is, but but what I am have been studying is underneath that, the highly sensitive people, there's the empaths, the intuitives, and the energy healers. And often people are you know, two or three or four of those categories, highly sensitive people, empaths, intuitives, energy healers. Did you know that you were some of these things uh, long ago? Were you sensitive to energies? Did this kind of come to you innately? Well, no, not really. Um, I'll tell you what happened. It was, um, it, I, I had a, uh, I had a really interesting, very powerful uh, experience when I was seven years old, I was really sick with the measles and, uh, my mother asked my father if he would pray for me. And as he was praying for me, I was instantly healed. And um, I don't remember anything else from that, that age, but I remember every detail of that event. And it was really incredible. And it taught me that there's a higher power uh, that we can draw upon. And so, uh, so then fast forward many years later, as I was trying to figure out what to do with my life, uh, I sought help from that higher power and I got a very, very powerful, very clear answer that I was to go into the healing arts. So so when I got into practice, uh, I figured, you know, that higher power, God or source energy, whatever you want to call it, had kind of guided me into this. And so I thought maybe I could get some help. So I developed this habit and each person that I saw uh, over 17 years of, uh, of a brick and mortar uh, practice and then two years in a, in a distance practice, a remote practice, I was in the habit of asking for help with each person that I worked with uh, from up above. And uh, I've come to the conclusion that uh, the highest duty of the healer really is to act as a go-between for that higher power. And so that's where really I think, I mean, that's where this information came from. You know, there are bits and pieces of the body code or the emotion code that came from Chinese medicine and so on. But the understanding just came to me. All of this came together for me during all those years that I was in practice, seeing people day in, day out, seeing babies, seeing old people, seeing all kinds of chronic conditions and cancer and fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, on and on and on. And um, with each person that I saw, I would just take a moment and try to get asked for help and make that connection with that higher power. And there were times, Robin, when someone would come in to see me when I didn't know how to approach what they had going on. I didn't know how to deal with them. There were times when I would offer that silent prayer for help when the information about what they needed would just literally flood into my mind, like in, like an avalanche, which is the most amazing thing. And so that's really where this came from. And that's why I don't really take any credit for this. I'm just, uh, I just feel like this was the purpose of my life to bring this work into the world. And so, um, so as far as, uh, you know, those words that we use like medical intuitive and so on, I believe honestly that every single person on the planet, uh, is a born healer. And I think that the beauty of the emotion code is that it gives that 
back. It gives that uh, that birthright, if you will, back to people so that suddenly they uncover the joy. They discover the joy of actually being able to help somebody else heal in a completely natural way for the first time in their lives. And it's the most addicting thing in the world, but in a very, very good way to be able to help people, to heal people in this completely natural, simple, easy way. So one of the things that we talk about in the Emotion Code book is how, um, of course, we use muscle testing, different forms of muscle testing to get answers from the subconscious mind of the individual that we're working on. And one of the things that I talk about in the book is how muscle testing is like training wheels for your intuition because everybody who does this work for very long finds that um, a split second before the answer manifests on the muscle test, either strong for yes or weak for no, the answer will manifest in their own heart, in their own mind. They will know what the answer is. And that's their intuition. And if they continue to feed that muscle and allow that muscle to grow, they'll get to a point where they don't really need the muscle testing anymore at all. I have a daughter. My youngest daughter is 17. And she does the emotion code. She does the body code with her friends and her friends, parents and families and so on. And she doesn't use muscle testing. She just does it all through intuition. So I believe that we all have this ability. We're all medical intuitives. It's just that we don't know it yet. It's just that we haven't exercised that muscle and it's lying flaccid and weak within most of us. When you start to exercise it, it strengthens up very quickly. And uh, it's a really exciting thing for people to discover. Muscle testing or comes from kinesiology, and I believe there are advanced degrees in kinesiology, training wheels for your intuition. That's a fascinating concept. And by the way, uh, to our listeners, we're about to launch a quiz so that you can tell if you have these natural gifts in spades or if there's something that you want to work on. I mean, I absolutely agree with Dr. Nelson that we... Um, we all have these abilities and some of us have been getting quiet with them and listening to them and utilizing them in our careers or with our families or with our own health and healing. And others of us could, could stand some attention to this. Do you agree, Dr. Nelson, that there are a lot of sources of information in energies that some of us sense more? Well, I think that, um, I think the universe is filled with, with intelligence and filled with energy and um, I think that there are there are all different grades of intelligence. There's all different grades of uh, of energy. There's uh, there's light, of course, that fills the world, but there's also darkness. And so you have to be careful. Um, you have to be careful what sources you're tapping into. But I think that um, I think that if your intention is pure, and if what you're doing is um, is on the high level, you're trying to help someone, and and for me, I have found that uh, that trying to make that connection with that higher power, whatever you believe that higher power to be, has been really critical uh, and I think is an essential part of it. Because if you're trying to just do the healing on your own, well, you have a certain amount of ability and a certain amount of power and so on. But I believe that when you really tap into that higher power, that uh, that's when you're really tapping into the source of energy that uh, um, that you miss out on if you don't ask. Well, so. it might be 
saying the same thing with different words, but it's certainly true that there's a lot of research that people of faith are happier and maybe people of faith are people who, you know, believe in divine sources of information and that there's, there's uh, intuition or impressions to be had that are from something outside ourselves. So very interesting. Tell me about the the most common illnesses that you found. I know you've worked with thousands of people, the illnesses that are associated with what you call trapped emotions. Well, you know, this is a great question. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a question that we've been asked now for, for 10 years consistently since the emotion code came out uh, 10 years ago this July. And the answer is always the same. You see, the bottom line is it depends on where that emotional baggage is lodged. Think about this. Let's say that um, let's say that uh, you're having an argument with somebody and you're really angry and you develop a trapped emotion of anger. Well, you don't know that you have this now, but you've got this little ball of emotional energy now, this little ball of anger. And depending on where that thing lodges in the body, it will tend to determine what kind of trouble you have. For example, let's say that that trapped emotion lodges in your neck. Well, down the road, you're probably going to have neck pain. You may have headaches and so on. If it lodges in the area of the liver, your immune system might start to become affected and uh, you might start to develop allergies where you didn't have them before uh, or you might start to become more susceptible to colds and flus and things like that. Uh, if it lodges in the reproductive organs, you may suddenly find that uh, you're not able to reproduce and you'd like to. And so you go to the medical profession and they do all of the things that they do to try to help you to reproduce and maybe it'll work and maybe it won't. Maybe the trapped emotion lodges in the pancreas and now your pancreas is being affected and all the chemical reactions taking place in that tissue now are being altered a little bit. And so now you may have problems with blood sugar. Um, and so it depends on where the trapped emotion lodges. Let me tell you a story. There was a man many years ago that came to me who was suffering with really severe back pain, low back pain. It was a nine on a zero to 10 scale of pain and 10 is called 911. I started working on him and what I found was he had a trapped emotion and it actually was anger. And using the, the emotion code, I was able to determine very quickly that this had actually occurred about 20 years before. And he affirmed to me that there was something that he'd gone through, something kind of traumatic and very difficult back then. And I released the trapped emotion and the pain level was a nine and it went instantly um, to a zero in less time that I'm telling than it's taking me to tell you the story. And, um, for him, it was like a miracle. I was grateful that it worked so well. And, uh, the fascinating thing was he came back a couple days later and he said, listen, my back is great. He said, I don't know how you did that. It's amazing. But he said, when I came in here, I had a problem I did not tell you about. He said, I am kind of a, a rageaholic, he said. I've got an anger problem. He said, I admit it. He said, I'm always yelling at my wife and my kids. He said, I gotta watch the road rage. I've been to anger management several times, hasn't really helped. This is just who I am. Or so I thought, he said, since the time you released that trapped emotion of anger from me, I don't feel angry anymore. I just feel kind of relaxed. He said, how does that work? How did you, how does that work? How did you do that? And I, at the time I said, well, I really, I really don't know. <laughs> but what we believe, you see, now think about this, everyone has emotional baggage. He had a trapped emotion of anger from 20 years before. It was distorting the energy field, causing this pain in his low back, but it was also creating a situation for him where when he would come into something where he might tend to feel angry, he'd slide right into that emotion because part of him was already feeling, part of, part of his body was literally already vibrating at that frequency 
And so he'd slide right into that feeling. When we release that emotion, suddenly that's gone. Now, if you multiply that by a couple million people, uh, that kind of an experience, then you start to get an idea about what's happening with this work with the emotion code and why it's spreading all over the world. We have literally thousands and thousands of testimonials unsolicited from all corners of the earth. We've got 3,600 plus certified emotion code practitioners now in 64 countries around the world. And the bottom line is that the emotion code is simple and it works. And our emotional baggage is causing far, far more disruption in our lives than we ever could have imagined not only physical pain, but every disease process that we have seen now in almost 30 years of doing this has had emotional baggage as a component, sometimes as the only component. Every case of cancer that we've seen in all these years, there's emotional baggage always there. Um, every disease process, uh, not to mention things like uh, depression and anxiety and phobias and panic attacks and PTSD and eating disorders and self-sabotage of all kinds. It turns out that the first place you need to look is within and you need to find these energies that are imbalancing you. You know, you think about it and um, the bottom line is the energy uh, that we are, that energy field that we are is how we experience life. And when we're going through life and we're dragging all these suitcases, figuratively speaking, of all this emotional baggage, we live a much diminished life. And the, the funny thing about it is some of that baggage is not even from our own lifetime. Some of that is from great, great grandpa. You might've inherited the shape of his ears, but also his tendencies for depression because of his emotional baggage that was passed down to you. So that's another thing that, as far as I know, uh, only the emotion code is able to find the inherited emotions that we're dealing with in our lives and, and release those very simply, very easily, very quickly. Yeah. You know, I haven't told you that Green Smithy Girl released a a detox program four years ago, and we've now taken 10,000 people through it. And, you know, the idea is for 26 days, they do some physical processes, but they also are eating super clean. They're eating all really high frequency foods, really clean, organic foods. And the idea is start eliminating these literally hundreds of chemical toxins that build up in our organs, our tissues and our cells. And so, you know, our cells can't vibrate when they're being weighed down by chemical toxins. And so metaphorically, mm -hmm. you're saying, and it makes sense, you're saying that mm -hmm. our cells are also weighted down by emotions, emotions trapped in the proteins, holding back the energies and the flow and the, the oscillation of our cells. Absolutely. That's absolutely what's going on. And the fascinating thing about it is, uh, you know, when you release enough of this emotional baggage, it's almost like uh, stepping out of this old suit that you've been wearing and <laughs> a pantsuit. Uh, an old polyester pantsuit from the 60s or 70s or something. It's like, it's like stepping out of that into this new state of being that is a higher vibration, that is much, uh, much closer to who, um, who you are capable 
of being in this world. And by the way, I am absolutely all for high vibrations of food. I'm on the faculty at the Hippocrates Institute, by the way, back in um, uh, in Palm Beach, Florida. And uh, yeah, Brian, Brian and Anna Maria are good friends yes. of mine. Yeah. Oh, they are. Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're absolutely awesome. And so, so yes, uh, it's all about vibration, food. It's about getting rid of your baggage. Um, yeah, and we can live different lives than what we think. Uh, or what we have been led to believe that we are perhaps um, feeling stuck in, your life can totally change by changing your vibration. Food's critical, getting rid of your baggage. What about, since we're talking about food, let's talk a little about weight loss and emotional eating. What are some of the emotions that trigger overeating and weight gain? Talk about that whole concept. Well, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, sometimes it's sometimes it's an obvious thing. Sometimes, uh, you know, you go through some kind of a breakup, or you go through some traumatic experience. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a, a traumatic sexual assault or something like that. And uh, but it doesn't have to be. Sometimes it's just you go through some heartbreaking uh, uh, relationship problem. And what can happen then is the emotional baggage that is created from those events can actually lead to uh, an inability for you to lose weight. And it, it ties in with the subconscious mind's um, uh, thought that, well, that was really painful. If we are overweight, that's gonna be less likely to happen again. And um, so that's one of the things that we see. Uh, emotional eating, let me tell you a story. There was a guy that came to, um, one of our big events, we do a, a big event in Las Vegas twice a year. And this guy came uh, a couple of events ago and he told us, he got up on stage and he told this story. He said that uh, a year before the event, he weighed 365 pounds. Wow. And at the event, he weighed about 180. He lost all that weight within one year. And everyone was curious to know how he did it. What did, what did you do? How did it work? What happened? And he said, he found the emotion code and it was very simple. What he did is when he would suddenly have an urge to eat that whole pan of brownies or eat, eat the pizza or whatever it was, what he would do is he would stop and he would test himself to see what emotional baggage, what trapped emotion was driving that behavior in that moment. He would identify that and release that. That's all he did. Nothing else changed, and he lost he lost the equivalent of a whole nother person within a year. Really great. Yeah, so, that's like half of his body weight. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about, I know you talk a lot about heartbreak and about emotions that are balled up, stored, trapped near the heart. I, you know, I was married for 20 years, and now I've been single for almost nine. And I often say I sort of just stopped dating after so many years. I just felt like my kids were seeing stepmoms in and out of their lives and lots of stuff that I just didn't want to be contributing to that. And so I just wanted Mm -hmm. to like stay where I am, stay grounded. Let's just table this for a long time. But Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, one of the things that I used to say to my friends, you know, because they all tend to be dating and getting remarried and whatever, is that in midlife, what's different about recoupling, dating, considering blending families is that, you know, when we were 20 and we were dating other 20 year olds, 
everybody was just sort of green. They were just like fresh off the boat. And now in midlife, mm-hmm. you know, as we talk about baggage, I I would often tell my friends, not that they were clients I was seeing anymore. I don't see therapy clients anymore, but I would say you have to decide when you're dating in life, you have to decide whether you can carry that person's baggage along with your own because we all have some, you know, there's kids we're raising, we're all raising teenagers and young adults and anybody who's ever raised a teenager or young adult knows that that's just hard. And, mm-hmm. and there's ex-husbands. Some people have multiple ex-husbands, ex-wives. Can you carry their stuff, their financial stuff, their career stuff, because they're dealing with all that while they're going through all these life transitions and, and uh, trying to help their children in the adulting process. And I wonder how you help people through the broken heart, because you have said that it can make you sick, but we've all, we all have hard things that happen to us. So does it have to hold us back? How do we, can you give us some actionable things that we can do to move through that, that broken heart? Because people who get really wounded in love, Mm -hmm. I have found because I've met lots of them in the last nine years, since I entered this strange midlife single world, that they have problems trusting. They have problems giving and receiving love. They have problems establishing meaningful relationships. And obviously people do find each other and they do carry each other's baggage and support each other. What is what is helpful to people in these situations? Well, it really all has to do with the heart. You know, um, back in the 1960s, when doctors uh, first started doing heart transplants, uh, they found that people would sometimes come back and report strange things going on, that uh, their taste in music or food or sports had totally changed, or that their handwriting had totally changed, uh, or that they had memories of places that they'd never been to before. And in every case, when they were connected with the family of the heart donor, they would find that, yes, that's my that's my son's handwriting that you have now, or yes, our daughter had memories of those places because she because she'd been there. And there are whole books written about this. You love sports now because our son loves sports and his heart is beating in your chest now. Strange stuff referred to as cellular memory. Well, the ancient peoples understood the heart to be the seed of the soul and the source of love and creativity and really the core of our being. And in the West, we've never really paid any attention to those old ideas. But what we're finding now is that our as our technology improves and becomes more and more sensitive, what we're finding is that the heart has been vastly underestimated. Uh, it puts out an energy field that's up to a thousand times more powerful than the energy field put out by the brain. So the heart is easily the most powerful organ in the body. That energy field that goes out from the heart, it's a magnetic field, extends out around the body 12 feet in diameter. And they can get an accurate measurement of your heartbeat anywhere within that field. But they've also found, listen to this, that if one person is feeling love or affection for another person, their heartbeat will become measurable in the magnetic brain waves of the person they're focusing love or affection on. Think about that. This is, this is Heart Math Institute stuff, right? Yes, exactly. And so, so what happened was um, we were led to discover something very, very important. Um, and that is that when you feel like your heart is going to break, that's really an assault on this delicate core of your being. And when that's happening, the subconscious mind will often want to put up a wall, quote unquote, around your heart to protect your heart 
from being totally broken. And that's what we call a heart wall. And, um, and this is all explained, of course, in the emotion code and how to get rid of this wall and everything else. But what we have found is that 93% of people have this wall. And what it will do is it will interfere with your ability to give and receive love because that all happens on the heart level. It's an invisible energy that's going on there. And um, one of the first people that I saw uh, that I worked on who had a heart wall was a, a woman, 38 years old. She came to me because she had neck pain. She'd seen a couple of other doctors for, and they hadn't been able to help her. So she came in to see me. And as I'm talking with her, she's telling me that she's single and she has not dated in eight years. She's only 38 years old. She's a nurse. She's an attractive woman, but she's done dating. She says, I'm going to die. She said, I'm going to die single. And that was it. She was dead serious. And I said, well, what happened to you? Why do you feel that way? And she said that eight years before, she was really deeply in love with this guy who dumped her and broke her heart. So I tested her and found that sure enough, uh, when she was going through that breakup, it was so painful. Her subconscious mind had created a wall. It's an invisible wall. It's an energy wall around the heart. And we call it a heart wall. So there were three emotions making up this wall, quote unquote, that's totally invisible. There are three emotions making it up, three layers, and they all had to do with the breakup. So I cleared those three emotions and all of a sudden, uh, that was it. The wall was gone according to the testing that I was doing. And um, with it went her neck pain and that was it. Her neck pain didn't come back. So she left the office feeling totally fine. Three months later, she comes back in. And I hadn't seen her for three months, but I'll always remember this. She looked great. And I said, hey, you look great. I haven't seen you for a while. How are you doing? What's going on? She said, you know, my neck has been fine since I was here. But she said, you cleared that heart wall for me. And that really worked. She said, about two weeks after I was here, I found out my childhood sweetheart has been living right around the corner from me for almost eight years. And we're dating and we're in love. And I think he's going to ask me to marry him. And I just thought, wow, what what a shift, right? Now, 93% of people have this wall going on. So if you have been through anything emotionally trying or traumatic in any way, uh, you've got a heart wall. And not only does it interfere with your ability to give and receive love, but it also affects your ability to really manifest your perfect life. I believe that everybody has a blueprint in their heart of the perfect life that they can live. And that wall, that heart wall that so many people have gets in the way of that. It also gets in the way of, uh, of your creativity, which is part of that. A lot of the time when people have this wall taken down, they'll find creative ideas just start flowing, flowing, flowing to them. And because the best ideas that you'll ever have are the ideas that come from your heart, not from your head. But see, it's really an epidemic in this world that so many people have this wall uh, around the heart. I have to tell you, um, you know, we get testimonials from all over uh, the world. I got a testimonial recently from a woman in Italy. And she said that uh, she sent a photo of herself with her husband standing in front of this little teeny village in the mountains in Italy. And she said, for many years, my marriage run badly uh, in her broken English. And she said, but then I got a new husband. And so I'm reading this thinking, oh, she got a new husband. She got a divorce, got a new husband. But no, what she did was she hired an emotion code practitioner in Budapest who worked on her husband remotely and cleared his heart wall at a distance. And then she said, it's like, I got a brand new husband now. He's so loving and wonderful. Thank you so much. (laughs) So it's pretty amazing. And that's part of this to see this whole 
new uh, world that we're living in, we're waking up to the understanding that uh, energy is not bound by distance in any way. So most of our practitioners scattered across the earth work with other people in other countries that they'll never actually probably even meet personally. And yet they're changing their lives because we're all connected. And the emotion code teaches you how to do this, how to work with loved ones, how to work with family members that might be on the other side of the country or the world. And, um, and I've often said, you know, the first time that you're using the emotion code and you're working with somebody and their pain level goes from a nine to a zero uh, or something like that, and they're on the other side of the planet or the country, your life in that moment will change and it'll never, ever be the same because suddenly you're going to wake up and realize that you're capable of things that you couldn't have imagined before. You know, I was in business about 20 years ago and I suffered a major betrayal and someone I was in business with did something that really took my breath away and I wasn't expecting it. And I had thought he was an honest person. And, and I went, I went for a walk up Provo Canyon, which I'm sure you're familiar with, um, with another one of my business partners. And he had a little talk with me and he told me, you know, there's some research and I've never gone to chase this down, but I sure love the idea of it. And the life lesson that he was teaching me said, you know, there's some research that people in business who get screwed over go out with a lot of suspicion and guardedness. And they are actually more likely to be taken advantage of again than people who remain open-hearted. And so that's what I think of with your story about the heart wall, that possibly having a wall around our heart, we have it because we think it's protective. Not sure that having a heart wall is entirely protective. I don't even know if that actually works. And it might actually block off a lot of great opportunities for love and learning and relationship in general. Oh, I think so. You know, the other fascinating thing about this that, that you're touching on has, of course, to do with the law of attraction, how we attract things into our lives, depending on what we're thinking consciously. But what we're also attracting into our lives is energies that match our emotional baggage. And that's kind of scary to think about. It is. And that's clearly not what we want consciously. We certainly don't want, you know, if we're struggling with depression and low energy and, and, you know, everything that comes out of our mouth and conversations with others is about struggle, we're going to attract more of that. And so that's, that's a really good sobering thought because when we live in high vibrations, we're attracting more quality, high vibration people and relationships and opportunities and even money. So, so I love it. So on that note, tell us, Dr. Nelson, three actionable things that our listeners can do to live in higher vibrations. Well, there there are a few things. I'll tell you um, one thing uh, that I think is really important is to realize that no matter what's going on in your life, you have the power to choose the emotion and what your response is going to be. You know, most of us go through our lives with this mistaken idea that our emotions are choosing us and that we're kind of at the mercy of our emotions, but nothing could be further from the truth. We get to choose our emotions. So I'm not saying that it's necessarily an easy thing, but it is a mastery level kind of way to live really, to choose what emotions you're going to experience. So that's that's one thing. Another thing that's really important that is so often overlooked is forgiveness. You know, we all want to have peace in our lives, but if there is someone in your life that you've had a hard time forgiving, Maybe someone really hurt you. Maybe someone really wronged you. Uh, The natural tendency is to withhold forgiveness because 
somehow we think that we're getting even with that person by withholding forgiveness, but all we're doing is hurting ourselves. And uh, Lewis Smead said, uh, forgiveness is letting the prisoner go free only to find out that the prisoner was you. Now, it may be that uh, it's you. Maybe you're withholding forgiveness from yourself. Maybe you've done some dumb things. Well, welcome to the club. Okay, we've all done stupid things. But it's time to forgive yourself and allow yourself to move on because I believe that you can't really have peace in your life if you don't forgive. And then the third thing that I would say is to find a great way to discover and eliminate your emotional baggage. And I have a free gift actually for your listeners if they'd like to go to emotioncodegift.com dot com that's emotioncodegift.com they can download the whole emotion code book for free and they can download the whole emotion code uh, book on audio for me i love audiobooks so it's about a 67 dollars value totally free so you can try it discard it if you don't like it use it if you do i have to tell you a story though um about this there was a woman that i spoke to a while ago who told me that um she got the Emotion Code book and the book on audio uh, by going to emotioncodegift.com. She started reading it and listening to it. And her son started reading it and listening to it as well. And he started practicing with his friends. And she didn't pay too much attention, but a couple of weeks later, the phone rang. And the woman on the other end of the phone line identified herself as the mother of one of her son's friends. And she said, listen, she said, um, your son's been doing this emotion thing with the other boys. And she said, I, I didn't really pay much attention, but she said, I have to tell you, she said, my son has had a severe phobia of water all of his life. And we've taken him to lots of people. We've had all kinds of things to fix him. Nothing has ever worked. Finally, we gave up years ago. And she said, right now, she said, I'm at the community pool. She said, my son is playing in the water with the other boys for the first time in his life. She said, your son did this to him. I can't wrap my mind around this. What in the world is he doing? What is this thing? And those two boys are only 11 years old. And that's how simple this work is and yet how life-changing and how powerful it can be. So uh, we're not making this up. It's, uh, it's real, it works. And um, I believe it's really a gift from up above to the world at a time when we really, really desperately need it. It's time for us to wake up and realize what our emotional baggage is in reality doing to us physically, mentally, emotionally. It's time for all of us to unhook from our emotional baggage. It's time for us to unhook from the emotional baggage that we have been, that's been passed down to us from generations so that we can live on a much higher level in a much higher vibration than where we have been living. So that's the free gift for your listeners, emotioncodegift.com. I love it. Where can we find you on social media? Well, you can go to um, the Emotion Code Heals the World is one site. Dr. Bradley Nelson is another site uh, on social media, Twitter, the Emotion Code. Well, Dr. Bradley Nelson, thank you so much for being with us today. You've been an absolute delight to have on our show and thanks for helping us into higher vibrations. Thank you, Robin, and thank you for all the great work that you're doing in the world. 